The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, October 22nd, 2020, Season 16, Episode number 49. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. I'm Derek Eagleton. I'm live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Start. Got Nick, Amber, and Dave with me. And we're joined, as we are every Wednesday and Thursday, by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. Bucky, today we get to talk about the Washington football team's defense versus the Cowboys' offense. Um, looks like teams don't even really try to throw much against this Washington <laughs> Uh, defense and and I, my question for you is, is that because this pass rush is just that good, or are there really just some some real deficiencies in the uh, running game that teams are finding more more easy to to, to kind of exploit? Uh, this defense is loaded with pass rushers. They've invested heavily in the defensive line and is paying dividends. They have five former first rounders on their defensive front. Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, and Ryan Kerrigan comes off the bench, and they absolutely can get after it using a four-man rush and max coverage in the back end. This is how Jack Del Rio wants to play. It's how he played when he was at Carolina, when I was there as a scout. That's what he wants to do. And so they want to put the onus on the offense to drive the ball the length of the field without the quarterback making turnovers and they're banking that your quarterback will make a mistake he will force a ball down the field or the rush would just overwhelm him to the point that he throws a, a pass an errant pass under duress and so that's how it works yes teams have been able to move the football and run the football and do those things but when they've been able to control the game meaning their offense doesn't give it away their defense is certainly good enough to win it by themselves in that case, based on, on the game we just watched from the Cowboys and, and looking at what they were able to do and not do in the passing game and the running game, which side, which of the two should the Cowboys try to exploit more, the running game or the passing game? I think this is a game where Dallas has to be very careful. The only way that the Cowboys can lose this game is they gift the Washington football team easy opportunities and short fields because offensively the Washington football team is very challenged in terms of coming up with big plays and so I would say maybe a little more conservative game plan not only to protect themselves against turning it over but also to protect the quarterback the backup quarterback Andy Dalton they need to try and run it they have to establish the run they have to be able to control the game from a clock management tempo standpoint and so Zeke has to be prominently featured regardless of the fumbling woes. Hopefully he takes care of the football. But I think it has to be a running game with some selective uh, quick passes. Quick passes. Them control the game in a very ball control standpoint. Bucky, uh, just can they go east and west on this team? I mean, I know that we always say they need to go north, but I, I just don't know if they have the power up front on the offensive line being so banged up. Is this one where you have to kind of try to spread the field on them, or, they, or is Washington too fast for it? 
they're very fast. I mean, they're fast and athletic front. Uh, you can look at their linebackers, and their linebackers are non-notable guys, Cole Holcomb and John Bostic, but it doesn't matter because the front is so good that you can't even get to the linebackers. And the way they play, they want you to run sideline to sideline because that plays to the strength of their team but their athleticism, particularly up front. I think you have to hit them right up in the face. You have to make this a, a game that is played in a phone booth, and you have to see if your offensive line, in spite of all the change, is up to the task of being able to create some movement at the point of attack. It's going to be tough sledding for the offense, particularly on the ground, but I think it's the only way that you can play against him because you simply do not want Andy Dalton to throw the ball 50 times against his pass rush and against the coverage that they've been able to play successfully. Bucky, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of do the same thing I did to you yesterday. I mean, I, I hear where you're coming from. The offense needs to play clean maybe play a little bit conservatively so they don't make mistakes but that's what they do they make a lot of mistakes and it's gotten them in a lot of trouble over the last month um you know i know you just said you you can't worry about zeke's fumbling problems and i think i agree with you but i mean is there something they can do to mitigate the risk do you just say clean it up zeke and hope he can do it or you know do you rotate these running backs is there a certain type of run or, or maybe screen game that you can get them involved in to mitigate that? I don't, what do you think? You know, like the, the problem with that is, um, in spite of his flaws, I think we all will say that Zeke is still the best offensive weapon that the Cowboys have. And so you can try to avoid the issues, but at some point you got to put the ball in the, best, the hands of your best player and let him go to work. Now it's on him to be able to fi- figure it out. Um, the fumbles, five fumbles that he's had this year, four of those on 101 rushing attempts, that's unacceptable. But you're hoping that he can get it corrected. Traditionally, he hasn't been a high-volume fumbler, even though he has 20 in his career. I think you have to continue to give it to him. I do like the way that Tony Pollard played, but then I think we can go back early in the year. He has some errors and miscues and things that made you queasy about him being on the field and so right now there are not a lot of trustworthy guys that you really can lean on and so I would like to think that you just hang your head on Ezekiel Elliott fixing it but also the quick rhythm passing game because they play so much zone it should be an opportunity for us to see more slants quick outs little things the CD Lamb Amari Cooper and Gallup and maybe those guys can break tackles in space there's a way to attack this Washington football team. You just have to be smart in the way that you go about doing it. And so a mix of the run and the ball control passing game should give you opportunities to move the chains and move the ball consistently in the scoring range where you can score some touchdowns and field goals against this, this squad. On that note, Bucky, uh, the Rams, of all the teams that the Washington football team have played, had, their, had the best day passing the ball uh, against this Washington football team defense. Uh, they gained 300 yards through the air. How were they able to be successful? What were some of the things that they did that maybe the Cowboys have the capabilities to do that could lead to some of the same success? Well, one, the Rams married their run game with their pass game. Uh, The same things that uh, gave us issues early, the first game of the year where they were running fly sweep action, complimentary play action passes down the field. That's what they were able to hit the Washington football team with. Um, The Cowboys don't operate with that kind of dynamic – scheming when it comes to their running game but you can put the Washington football team in a bind if you're able to create some form of concern about the running game and so however you get to that running game whether it's throw early run later throw on first down get back to running on second and third down you have to make them 
make a decision that, hey, we have to drop Landon Collins in the box. We have to create some one-on-one situations, some single high safety looks, and you have to attack them when you get that. You have to use Zeke as the threat to make them change the way that they play their coverage. And then when you get them in those situations, you have to cash in on those opportunities when you have one-on-one on the outside with Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper. Because as much as I may like how Kendall Fuller is playing, Ronald Darby and Fabian Moreau are just guys, and they've been able to protect them by playing this soft zone. If you can get them in a situation where they're having to play more man-to-man or having to play more one-on-one situations, that's when the scales tip to the Cowboys when their offense is in control. You talked about the the pass rush, and then we all know the struggles that the Cowboys offensive lines are dealing with currently. Last week, I feel that there were instances where – I'd be watching the offense and seeing Andy Dalton, and I'm just like, come on, Andy, get out, go, run, get out of there, go for it. And it didn't happen. And I know that that running and and his mobility is not necessarily his strength at quarterback, but is this a game where maybe the Cowboys give him a little more wiggle room and liberty for him to kind of just kind of move around a little more and and just not, not be so static? I mean, like, ideally you would think that the veteran would get the ball out of his hands. He held on to it. Now, some of that is rust because he hadn't played. And as, as you guys know, when you're the starting quarterback, you take up all the reps. Where Andy Dalton hadn't gotten those reps. And so he is still adjusting. I would expect him to be a much better player the second start as opposed to his first start because now he's more comfortable as the starter. I think this is also a game where Mike McCarthy has to have a conversation with Kellen Moore to feature the quick game. Make Andy Dalton get the ball out of his hands by calling routes that are quick. Try to avoid being tempted. Oh, I'm going to take shots. I'm going to go attack this coverage. We're going to set him up. Just let the playmakers work. And so, Andy, get the ball to Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup and let those guys do the work for you. Five-yard passes via air yards and let those guys break tackles. When you look at Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb, they can go to work when they have the ball in their hands. Let them do it. Get it to them on the perimeter and let them do all the heavy lifting instead of trying to call these deep and intricate pass routes where, one, your O-line can't protect, and two, Andy Dalton is going to be tempted to hold on to it, waiting for a receiver to uncover. I mean, I doubt that, this is my opinion, but I doubt Ezekiel Elliott fumbles this week. However, do you feel like when a guy's trying not to fumble, he's still going to be Ezekiel Elliott? I mean, he's just going to be like two hands on the ball. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm just listening. Okay. He's not going to fumble. <laughs> he's, he's not going to fumble the ball this I'm week. I'm just listening. But is he going to run? I mean, is he going to get more than five yards doing it? Because he, he, everybody's talking about the fumbles. He's going back to the lab to look at fumbles. I mean, he, all I'm saying is is that he's not going to be a guy that's going to sit yeah. there and say, eat, 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 because he's worried about the football all the time. So, I mean, can it, can it be? You know, no, no, Nick. Now, Nick, you, you bring up a good point because certainly it's going to be in his head. And it's also going to be in the minds of every Washington football team defender uh, because he has put the ball on the ground. He's put it on the, the ground consistently the first part of the season. Every defender is going to poke, prod, pull, swipe at the ball when he's running it. Now, the thing that Zeke has to be able to do is he still has to remain an aggressive runner while being mindful of the ball. And so... What you try to do is you try not to overcoach him when it comes to the fumbling woes. You tell him to be mindful when you're in traffic, put two hands on it, cover it up. Um, understand when you're going for extra yards, you do put the ball in jeopardy. 
but you still have to let Zeke be Zeke. And so it's that fine line where you, you, you emphasize it and you touch on it, but you don't want to overtalk it because you don't want him to be a tentative player. He has been a dominant player, a top five runner, because he has played a certain style. You have to continue to encourage him to play that style while still being mindful of just taking care of the football. I don't think anybody who listens to this show really needs to hear a lot about the actual pass rushers on this team. I, like Washington's given Dallas fits for years, and that was before they even had Sweat or Chase Young. But I'm curious, Landon Collins strikes me as a very similar type of safety to Buda Baker, and we saw what Buda Baker was able to do the other night. Um, do do does Washington, you know, are, are they going to ask him to do that type of stuff? Are we going to have to worry about him blitzing? Or do they trust those, you know, that front four to, to do it all themselves? Well, when you put, put it on tape and you see Buda Baker go crazy, certainly Jack Del Rio will have to add it to the play sheet. He'll have to at least test him to see. I was worried if, you were going to say that. Fix that. If they fix that issue. But, I mean, when you see the Cardinals have so much success being able to dial up pressures from all angles and the confusion with an inexperienced uh, offensive line, yeah, you you may get some of that. That's not their normal MO. They typically don't like to dial up pressure because when you dial up pressure, it exposes them in the back end. But I do believe now that they've seen a team have success, it will maybe lead to a couple more blitzes and pressures that you may see from the Washington football team, even though it's not their normal way of going about doing their business defensively. Yeah, even though that's not what they do, I think for the next several weeks we can probably expect the Cowboys are going to get a lot of that because this offensive line and what they uh, put on tape there against the Cardinals. Um, Final question for you, Bucky. Uh, We get to the moment of truth. Who wins this game and, and why? I mean, I think this is a game for Dallas to win. I don't think the Washington football team has enough offensive firepower to score unless the Cowboys give it away. And so if the Cowboys just can win the turnover battle, and I don't even really worry what that looks like, plus one, whatever. As long as they win the turnover battle, they should be in a position to win. I think the key to the game really rests on Ezekiel Elliott and how he approaches it. Is he tentative and timid like Nick has been alluding to? Or does he just play? Because if he plays like Ezekiel Elliott, he can have success. We have seen him have success against this team before. He just has to tote it, and they have to be confident enough to tote it. Because we know that the recipe for disaster is Andy Dalton throwing the ball 50 times. Zeke has no choice but to be good because they have to give him enough opportunities to be good. And I think he will. And I think the Cowboys should be able to win this game. But it's going to be a touchdown or less. I think it will be very similar to the New York Giants game. Real quick, Bucky, uh, as a follow-up to that, do you think Zeke is good enough to be able to have success even with this offensive line? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like, normally you're dependent upon your offensive line as a runner, but I think he certainly is good enough. Um, I, I think the thing, it, it comes to a commitment, not only from Zeke, but from the play caller and everyone involved. Has Mike McCarthy stood in front of the room and said, our path to success is running the football with Zeke Elliott. When they have that declaration, that's when you'll see things start to change. And I just don't know if they've gotten to that point. Because it's not only Ezekiel Elliott in the offensive line. Does Kellen Moore know that that is the best course for them to be able to win? Does he have a clear understanding of how to do it? And I think as the losses mount, Mike McCarthy at some point has to put a bigger imprint on this offense and the way the team is managed. And I think we're nearing that point at 2-4. and four. He has to kind of step up with all the criticism and the whispers. 
he has to kind of turn this around, and I'm hoping that he'll do that. All right, we appreciate you, uh, Bucky. That was good stuff as usual. Uh, we'll catch up with you next week when we talk a little bit more about Cowboys' next opponent. Uh, let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this Dallas offense and the matchup with the Washington football team defense. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. It's funny. As we travel places, often we find the places we want to travel aren't really places at all. They're people. They're grandparents, moms, old friends, and new nephews. That's why at American Airlines, we've been using enhanced cleaning measures so you can feel confident every step until you get to them. So, as always, our people can't wait to take you to yours. American Airlines. You are why we fly. To the break. Hey, PBR fans, hey. lock in your seats now for the. Do you even know what PBR stands for? Professional Bull Riders Association. Nice. It's, I don't know where the A is. Oh, I was thinking about. That's not my. That, I'm thinking of it. You're thinking of beer? Let me finish this. Let's start <laughs> over. PBR fans, lock in your seats now for the 2020 PBR Unleash the Beast World Finals. And don't miss a second of the action. PBR lands in the heart of Texas at AT&T Stadium November 12th through the 15th. Get your tickets now at PBR.com or SeatGeek.com. Yeah! Let's do it. All right, let's hey, jump can, back in. Can, hold on. Can I say something real quick? Sure. This has been bothering me for a while, definitely oh, this week. All right, what you got? Okay. Dave, Amber, help me on this because mm. I don't really know. Mm. Is it Washington football team as is that their title like that Dallas? Is, that is their name. They are the Washington no, no, football no. team. Are they the Washington football team just like it's Dallas or are they Washington football team? Well, it depends on where you look at it. Like if you look at it on those sites where they, you know, where they 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 have your name, they have your city and then they have your yeah. moniker, then they actually list it as Washington is their city. And football team this is, is super their annoying. moniker. We don't sit there and say the Atlanta yeah. Falcons do this, the Philadelphia Eagles do this, the Washington football team. Just call them Washington, like well, the Washington Dallas. And Washington. Uh, that's honestly that's what I do. Like I've said, ever since they made the change, I t- I just typically call them call Washington. Washington I'm just glad it's something different than it was. So, it, it just hey, seems like know, it's it so cute and fun that Agreed. everyone just loves to say it. 
just Washington football team. The Washington football team does this, and the Washington football team. I mean, you and Bucky said it fourteen times. Well, you know why I do that. No, you know why I do that is because I've said the other name for so many years. I get it. That mentally, I have to do that to keep myself from saying the other name. Yeah. So, like literally, as I was driving to work Monday of this week. I was thinking to myself, and I said probably 50 times, watch the football team, watch the football team, watch the football team, just because I had to get it into my head because I've been saying the other name for so long. Yeah. So, yeah. I said it on the radio the other day. I said the the red team. (laughs) (laughs) Four and a half is my over-under, and I think I'm at two this week, so we'll see what happens in the game. Yeah. All right, so let's jump in. Let's talk a little bit more about this Cowboys offense versus the Washington football Mm -hmm. team's defense. Bring it. Uh, one question I have for you guys about the offense. Um, can Dallas win playing more ball control and scoring 20 points per game if they get rid of turnovers? I know Bucky was talking about that. He was saying, you know, you want to have the quick passing game combined with your running game. That may be your, your way to success. And I think if you do that, you're probably going to not you're not going to be scoring, I don't think, as quick and as many points as we've seen throughout this year. But the question is, do they have a defense that's good enough to do that if they don't turn it over? Nick, let's go to you first. Um I think the defense, obviously the defense is not as bad as as the points they're giving up just because of the, of the turnovers. Now, there is something to be said of, you know, you don't have to give up a touchdown just because your offense fumbled. It doesn't mean you have to go run out there and just say, not well, an automatic it's not our fault. Yeah. We might as well just give up a touchdown. I mean, you may show some pride on, on that part. But I do think, yeah, the turnovers would, would certainly help because not only are you not turning it over, but like in Zeke's first fumble, you're at the 40-yard line of the Cardinals. You're going to drive and drive, probably get a field goal, maybe a touchdown. So, you know, you're, it, it's, it could be a 14-point swing if it's seven points out of your hand, seven points to them. So, yeah, I think – I don't know about 20, but but I think that, you know, it could be – if this offense was not turning it over, probably 24, 28 would, would probably win. Amber. I think so. Um, I mean, that's a huge part of it. The, the defense obviously needs to do their part as well. I mean, aside from that first game of the week, aside from that game, they've given up 30-plus point every week. So that's huge. But, again, turnovers don't help. But I absolutely think that against Washington, if the offense, the Cowboys offense, is able to knock out all their, their turnovers, they can definitely win that way. Dave. Number one, I mean, against, against an offense this lifeless – Yes, they can do it. The defense can do it against this offense. I mean, you know, the Giants scored 34. It's really probably more like 17 or 20 if, if not for turnovers and mistakes by the offense. So it is possible. I don't know if we lost Dave there lost and Dave. making his great point. Uh, but let's do this. Let's do okay. this. Let's I, I, I want to I throw out something real quick about what, that point you were just he making. You were so passionate about it, too. <laughs> it was a nice setup, <laughs> wasn't it? Um, we have two spots down here. Um, <laughs> no, I was saying that, you know, they the Cowboys are averaging 70.9 yards on every scoring drive. Yeah. Every scoring drive they've had, that the average is 70 yards per drive. That's doing it the hard way. Yeah, and that yeah. and that even counts. Like if you get, if you get a field goal, I mean, you're only getting 20, 30 yards. You know, so it's just the yards that you're driving. Do you happen to know? And the okay, uh, the opponent, is, the Cowboys opponents are 54.1. So I mean, they they're having. I mean, you see some of these um, yards for the for the other teams. You know, 30 yard drives, 17 yard drive, 31, 38. 
Cowboys hardly have they only have two this year that are less than 50 and both of them were field goals. So, they're not I mean, they're not getting any turnovers obviously, any big plays on the punt return or anything for short fields. And it's like you're right, doing it the hard way. And and the interesting part about that is you can expect to maybe do that to some level of success, maybe not winning, but some level of offensive success if you've got all your pieces in place. And I'm talking particularly about the quarterback. Without that, as we saw last week, that is a that is a tough ask with this offensive line right. and Andy having to to play a little different. Like that's not Andy's game to be able to deal with a bad offensive line and make people miss. That's not his game. So when you're asking putting him in that situation, now you're saying, okay, every drive you're going to score, you're going to have to go 70 yards. The likelihood of yeah. him doing that regularly is is probably not that great. Dave, you back? Am I am am I back? Yes, I, you're back. You're I'm back. sorry, y'all. I don't. I don't know why this only ever happens to me. But it's it's you. It sucks because I was, I was nice and riled up. Like I was really. I, where, where'd you lose me? Like what was the last thing I said? Tell you what. Why don't you? You start were gonna over? say that. Do you trust the I offense lost. to actually quit turning over the ball? Okay. Exactly. Okay. So yes, they can. They can hold Washington to twenty points if they don't turn over the ball. But why do we think that they won't? Why? Do we think that they won't do it? Like, it's not an aberration. It's not a rough patch. It's what they've done all year. I will bet any of y'all an ice-cold Miller Lite. I I mentioned PBR, so I want to throw out one of our sponsors instead. (laughs) I will buy you a Miller Lite if Andy Dalton does not get strip-sacked on Sunday. It is going to happen. One of these guys is going to rip through this line and hit the crap out of him, and the ball's going to be on the ground. They're going to turn the ball over. I refuse to believe that they won't until they prove me otherwise. And that's what that's what troubles me is, yeah, this this Washington offense is putrid. Like, the Dallas defense might actually have a chance against them. But they're going to get some help. I promise you they are. You know, the, the one thing. Well, do you trust the, the – I was going to ask, do you trust the, uh, the Washington offense and our defense – to actually be able to, well, do you trust the the Washington offense to capitalize on those turnovers? I mean, it goes back to the defense. I mean, do you trust the defense enough to actually stop them from scoring touchdowns at least? Well, I mean, that's that's hard to predict, right? Because I mean, you know, maybe maybe they turn it over on the Washington thirty, or maybe they turn it over at midfield. But what I mean, you know, Dak. There's been a strip sack that set Seattle up on the three-yard line. I mean, any offense can score if they're inside the five to start the drive. Or, you know, or the defense. Say that Washington is going to get seven to ten points off of turnovers just based on everything we've seen so far this season. You know, I, I think that one thing the Cowboys have got to do in this game and really in, in a lot of games is – they have to throw the ball down the field way more. I mean, like we, even the safeties aren't playing that far back, and you can spread them all over the field. Find your mismatch. Find is it Cooper? Is it Gallup? Is it is it CD? Whatever it is, but they need to take shots down the field because I've said this for years. You do that early in the game, it's going to let everybody know what you're trying to do. It lets them know if it pushes them back, and you can kind of offset. You know, you get in the shotgun, three steps, block it. Max Protect, throw the ball downfield. You have playmakers that can go make plays. They can run by people. And guess what? They throw flags in this league for pass interference, which in this offense, you could take it 40 yards. You, you know, 
Lord knows the Cowboys defense gets called for it. So I, I'm just saying they need to do that, back off the pressure a little bit. But let me ask you this. Does that work in an instance where you're playing a team like the Washington mm-hmm. football team yeah. that does not necessarily blitz? So that means if they're playing, they got seven. Let's say they got seven guys back. They're only rushing four. They got seven guys back. Even if you max protect, it doesn't mean you're going to get a guy open because you got three guys in a route and you got seven guys defending. Like, how do you how do you manage that against a team that doesn't blitz as much? Well, then stop. I mean, you know, do a, I mean, you don't have to. I mean, you don't have to run deep if they're going to play that far over the top. But I mean, you can find within the, that group, you can find a, a favorable deep ball. They're not just playing, you know, prevent blanket coverage back there. I mean, I, and if not. Then, then your tight end better get to work this week. If that's the case, if they're going to do that and take away your deep ball and only rush for, then your tight end better work it this week with Dalton Schultz. And you know that's something I think Andy Dalton would like to do is throw it kind of down. But we've seen he's got a nice deep ball. These receivers got to go make a play on the ball, and and I think they can. And I think that would kind of offset a few things there. Well, I mean, I think one of the things they got to consider is I think you're right with the tight end, but I also think they're going to have to. You, you should. We should. Expect to see them flood particular zones. So if you got seven guys playing, one way to beat that is go to one part of the mm-hmm. field and put a lot of receivers in that area that with route combinations that get a guy open and then get the ball to him as, as quickly as you can. 19, so there are ways to do it. Zone. I don't know if the deep ball is going to be the answer this week. I do think, though, there are ways to be able to beat a defense like this. Now, it all still is predicated on can you stop those four? Because those four are going to be coming, and they're better than your five. So even with just five versus four, you're not going to win those matchups a lot of times this weekend. So we'll see how that all plays out. Let's go ahead and take our final break when we come back. I did have another question about um, the offensive line. And we also need to catch up on an injury update on Alden Smith. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back. 
to the break. You can tour AT&T Stadium, the home of the Dallas Cowboys. You can run on the field, see the locker rooms, and so much more. AT&T Stadium tours presented by SeatGeek. They're available daily. Visit AT&TStadium.com for details. Derek, don't piss off the producer, okay? <laughs> Do whatever you want, but don't piss off the producer. Hey, man, we got to find our fun in this thing. We're, the Cowboys are 2-4. and four. We got to find some fun in here and some reasons to laugh because right now the team isn't giving us much of those. But much of that. watch the defense. 14 men on the field. That ain't and funny. Then, Sometimes. I'm sorry, that ain't funny. All right, <laughs> let's jump back in. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the offensive line. If if at this point, I think we all probably expect that there's a very good likelihood that both Knight and Martin will miss this game. Um, so what is the best line combination in your opinions? Now, I don't want to know necessarily what you think the team will do because I think we all agree they're going to try to minimize movement as much as possible. So Cam Irvin probably is your option to just pop right in there where Brandon Knight is and then keep everything else mm-hmm. as it was last week. But what do you think is the best offensive line combination? Let's start first with Dave while we have you. Dave. Wow. <laughs> Shade. No, it's, it's totally justified. Um, I mean, honestly... I don't know at this point, like where we are, like who 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 am I to even argue that there's a better possibility out there? I mean, okay, Cam Irving's is I assume going to start at left tackle. He's he's experienced. He's done it before. Um, maybe maybe you try Jordan Mills at right tackle, but like when they signed Jordan Mills, I heard a lot of people from Chicago and Buffalo like, Ish, watch out, Dallas, don't start that guy. So. It's not, you know, it's not like anybody left is like this just badass, you know. Um, maybe, you know, Greg Sanat was good enough that they wanted to poach him off Cleveland's practice squad. Like they took him from another team. So maybe he's worth a look. But, I mean, we're talking about the bottom of the barrel here. No offense to all of these guys. I mean, they're NFL <laughs> players, but you're talking about. With all due respect. No, I mean with all due respect, but like you're you're talking about like your fourth, you're talking about like your fourth option at left tackle, your third option at right tackle, your fourth option at right guard, your second option at center. Like, what are they supposed to do? Like, I guess maybe I would try Sanat at right tackle, but we know that they really like Terrence Steele, so I don't think they will. So I would probably just plug Irving in on uh, the left side and see what happens. All right, Amber. I mean, what else is there to add to that? Not much. I I agree with everything that Dave said. And at this point, I'm just like, okay, let's just try to keep some kind of consistency in the the O-line. So, okay, yes, you're going to keep Steele. He hasn't been playing great, but that's what you got. And you don't got many options. So now Cameron (laughs) Irving, that's another guy that you've had in the line in previous times. So... Maybe that's a guy that's just easier to maybe just plug in there as well. Obviously, not or not obviously, he might surprise us. You never know. But as of now and this year, you know, we haven't gotten a chance to really see him. And the Cowboys clearly preferred other guys over him prior to the injury that happened with him. So it, it's a tough one. You just don't have many options. And right now, I guess it. It's based on whatever they are seeing at practice, which are things that we don't get to see. So hopefully they make a a, a good choice and just figure it out. Figure it out one way or another. Try to poor Andy, poor Andy, poor Andy, because it's going to be a tough game. 
Amber doesn't sound very convinced. Nick, uh, I don't. What you I got? mean, they don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, they, they want to play Terrence Steele, and I feel like they're want, they're trying. That's kind of a future thing. Like, you know, let's just see how this guy. Let's just keep throwing him out there and see if he can get better. I mean, what if he gets all these reps this year? Will he be a better player here next season? So, I mean, I think that, you know, that that's kind of – they're going to keep playing him, and there's really no reason not to. Jordan Mills isn't coming off the practice squad yet. They haven't done it. I mean, Greg Sinat, you know, we keep hearing he's a basketball-type player, good athlete, but, I mean, don't know if he's ready. He's on Cleveland's practice squad. So, I mean, I think that they said it best. Cam Irving left side and just keep, keep rolling with steel. But that right side of just Biotish – McGovern and Steele. It's like, you know, if you were just to say, hey, when they go play Washington, this is the three that they're going to have on the right side. Not not Looney, Zach Martin, Lyle Collins, but but these three. So here's – go ahead, Dave. Which uh, – just a, I, I think about this every time they play Washington. I talked to Lyle one time. You know, if you remember a couple years ago, like his first year at right tackle, he, he had a murderer's row. Like he had to play Von Miller – he had to play Khalil Mack that year. Like, week after week, he was having to play these badass left ends. And I was like, who's who's the best one? Who's the hardest guy to play? He was like, if you want me to be honest, those guys are all good, but Kerrigan, Kerrigan is the hardest guy to play. Like, he's relentless every snap. He never gives you anything but his best. I hate playing him. And that was coming from Lyle Collins. So <laughs> Kerrigan doesn't even start for this yeah. team anymore, by the way. Right. But, uh, like, good good luck, which I did – I wanted to throw – I wanted to throw one more thing out there. You know, we talked about Connor Williams as a tackle, and if things improve a little bit, like if when you get Zach Martin back, maybe you can have that conversation. You know, maybe you can play McGovern at left guard and Zach at right guard, but, like, you can't move Connor Williams now. Right. You don't have a guard to play if you move him. Like – you could you could swap Cam Irving in at guard. I think he's done a little bit of that, but now you're asking two guys to play positions they're not used to on short notice against a great pass rush. Like you can't you can't do that right now. Maybe when Zach is healthy again, maybe it's something you talk about, but that's not possible right now. So looking at everything that's happened with the offensive line, the injuries you've had, the guys you've had to play, how they've performed, has it gotten bad enough yet to where if you were the GM you would be looking out there and looking at the possibility of giving up draft capital to trade for an offensive lineman, particularly a tackle. Now, I know, obviously, both those two tackles you expect are going to be back next year, but they're both, I think, definitely with Tyron, his age and the types of injuries he's had makes you think it's still not a bad idea to have a great, (laughs) a really good swing tackle on this team. Would you be willing to give up draft capital to go out and trade for a replacement tackle to come in right now and give you some help. Nicholas, let me find out this week. And uh, let me get to, well, when's the buy? I mean, when's the uh, trade deadline? I guess it is coming Mm, up. Week eight, I think. Is that right? Well, it's, 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 it's next week, I believe. Yeah. Okay. You know, I mean, and I say this because it comes to a point in in any season. Two weeks. I'm sorry. Two. Sorry. Yeah. Any season. uh, It doesn't matter if it's NFL and, and, you know, NBA. I mean, baseball, you you try to figure out where you are. And I think Stephen Jones even said that. Like, where you are is for, 
are you playing for the future or are you trying to win? And I think with this division, you're always going to try to win because yeah. you're you're never really going to be out of it. I mean, nobody's out of it. So I, I just I think that's a good question. And don't forget about the compensatory picks the Cowboys will probably get for about four or so. I mean, so they're going to have a lot of picks this year. Um, yeah, you you could you could possibly do that. I just feel like. You got to figure out though: is 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 it worth doing though? Is it worth trying to get into the playoffs? It's eight and eight, or is it you want to just? So you say it? just play it out and see. I mean, I, I I'm I'm gonna wait. This will be a good good test. You got one more game against a really really good defensive line, so you, you'll find out if you have any hope. And then if you if you win the game, it's like maybe you know maybe we do want to get a little bit better here and try to win this thing. But I mean, it, I I don't know. That's that's a tough question. That's a good question though. Amber. It is a tough question. One, on one hand, I'm like, okay, do I trust that my defense is going to be able to turn things around and do something more for my team? In that case, do I trust that we actually have a good run to make Because the thing is, like, yes, it sounds great. Oh, you're still ahead in the division, blah, blah. But what happens in the playoffs? I mean, yeah, you might win the division, but what happens once you start facing those other teams that are playing better? I mean, you're not auto- automatically just going to get better all of a sudden unless, you know, there's some progression throughout the weeks. But um, let's say that that's the case, and I'm thinking, okay, yes, I want to win this year, at least get to the playoffs. Then my answer would be, Absolutely, yes. I would be looking into trading and bringing someone in, mainly because it doesn't matter the fact that, yeah, I mean, it matters a lot, the fact that these guys level-wise are a lot lower than your starters that you initially had. And to me, that creates more possibilities for other injuries. You don't know what can happen to Andy Dalton. You don't know, and, and God forbid, something happens to Zeke as well. But you don't know what the lack of good protection is going to lead to as far as creating possibilities of injuries of other guys that you absolutely need healthy this year. So, yes, I would be looking to make some kind of trade. All right, Dave. Start off with my general philosophy. I mean, just with the way this roster is constructed right now, if I'm trading for somebody – it's got to be a young guy who's in the you know second mm-hmm. second year of his deal at the work. Like I I can't do Amari Cooper again. Amari Cooper it worked. It was a great trade. It worked out for everybody. Oakland got a good pick and and they have a great receiver. But they had to turn around and pay him twenty games later. I I, I can't do that right now with how with how bloated this this contract situation is. There's so many big contracts on this team and not enough of them are pulling their weight. I can't I can't add that into the mix. Like if I'm making a trade, it's got to be for a guy that I don't have to worry about paying for a little while. On top of that, I mean, you are right to be concerned about the long-term future of Tyron and Lyell. But they're still here and they're still counting toward the salary cap and I I've, I've got to try my best to get them right for at least the next few years. So if you want to make a, if you want to trade a day three pick for a serviceable tackle who can just help you get through the season, I would do that because you need a third tackle anyway. Like they need to get a guy next year no matter what. But it it can't be like your first round pick. You, I mean, even with the concerns about Tyron and Lyell, you can't spend your first round pick on a position where you already have two, you know, twelve million dollar guys. I just don't think that's smart roster building. So. If you can get a guy for a day three pick, knowing that you've got comp picks coming, I would do it just to keep the season afloat. But like a major trade is something that you do to get over the top or save your season. 
And without trying to sound like a pessimist, I just don't know that that's realistic for this team right now. So I wouldn't want to commit too much. You know, the one thing I will point out is I actually, I personally think that they have to address offensive line in next year's draft. I think it's actually just as important as addressing this defense in next year's draft because you look at the, the players that they have on this offensive line and it's an offensive line that's really banged up. And I, I think you have to account for the fact that you're not going to have Tyron Smith for every game of the season next year. I think you, for the rest of his career, you probably have to account for that. Now, if he happens to do it, great. That's great because I think when he's playing, he's still one of the best out there. But I think you have to account for the fact that you might not have him uh, for full 16 games. So I think you've got to address the offensive line and probably a player that can move around a little bit, that can maybe help you out at guard, can pop out the tackle if you get an injury there. But I think you have to. And so my point is, if you're going to have to address address it in the draft anyway, then I'm looking around at teams, and I I agree with you, Dave. I'm not looking at those top-notch guys that I'd have to give up a first or second-round pick for. I'm looking for those guys that maybe I give up a fifth-round pick for. And and it's a guy that comes in, and he is a very solid tackle. He is a – and I know fans are going to roll their eyes right now. He is a Doug Free. He is a guy that has some warts but a guy that is serviceable, that is better than what I have right now that I think can be a future swing tackle as well in this team. Honestly, I disagree completely. I think if you're going to trade, I would trade a guy that's in the last year of his deal, that the team knows that they're not going to resign. They're still pretty good. They're going to get something. I I mean, I don't have a name, and I don't want to throw a name out there for tampering, but I'm just saying. Oh, I thought you were talking about on the Cowboys. No, no, no. no, On another team, he's a second-round pick, a former first-round pick maybe, and they're not going to sign him. He hasn't been that great, but he can, you know, let's just – Give, instead of losing them in free agency, you give them something. Because think about it. Would the Cowboys right now, for a fifth-round pick, would they trade Terrence Steele for a fifth-round pick? Um, yeah. <laughs> they would want to, yes. Um, they may not have enough bodies They would to want do to. It. They might not be able to, <laughs> right. yeah. They yeah. don't have enough bodies for it. I mean, even if the guys got back. Even if, you, even if say, Tyron wasn't out. You think they would trade him for a fifth-round pick? Yeah. Maybe oh, a yeah. sixth? I mean, I don't think it's a no-brainer. I mean, teams don't. What I'm trying to say is, teams don't want to get rid of young linemen. There's not many out there, so there's not going to be a lot of young linemen you can just go and get. I don't know if the Cowboys would just be willing to just trade maybe a fifth-round pick, but I mean, they wouldn't trade them for a seventh-round pick or sixth-round pick. Probably. I mean, they feel like they got a good young. I see what you're saying. Larry Allen got thrown around by Reggie White, and he was the best to ever play. I'm just. I'm not saying he's going to be Larry Allen. I'm just saying. You let these guys keep going, keep going. He's a big, strong guy. He looks the part. You know, he just got to. So just you're saying, a believer. You're a believer in in his upside. I I think you have to. I mean, you have well, to. You don't have to. I mean, I I'll put it like this. Yeah, I, yeah. I haven't seen enough that makes me believe in his upside. The coaches obviously have seen more, and yeah. they do believe in it. I'm asking you, do you believe in his upside? I I, I don't think he's gonna be uh, right now. I, I can't say he's gonna be a great player, but I I know this. You play football to get better. I mean, you get better by playing football and. Teams, most teams don't have the luxury of throwing out a rookie like that to play. He's having to play. I think he's going to benefit from it. My point all along is that's our that's our guy that we're talking about. A lot of teams wouldn't want to part ways with a young tackle. That's all I'm saying. I got you. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We're back tomorrow. Yes, we're going to tell you what we think is going to happen on Sunday. Cowboys will take on the Washington football team at noon, and uh, we'll get you guys ready for that. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eelton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!